Drogba in der Mitte, Schneider, Schneider, Merhaba, merhaba. Welcome to the Lines Dan, a Galatasaray podcast done for the community, by the community. Today, I'm your host, Emre, and we're back, baby. We're going to be talking about the recent news, transfers, and our Champions League draw. Today, I got with me the North American locals. Closer to me is my man, Yasin. Brother, how you doing, bro? Yo, what's good, man? Happy to be here. A little tired today. It's Sunday. Yesterday, I went to uh, Six Flags Great Adventure in New Jersey. Uh, for those who don't know, it's a gigantic theme park and I am exhausted. I left my house at like 6.30, got home at like 2 in the morning because it's like a two and a half, three hour drive. We were there all day. They had some like Halloween event going on in the evening. Crazy fun. I recommend it to those in the Northeast, but they got these theme parks all around. But uh, yeah, man, I'm tired, but I'm excited to talk about Galatasaray, even though there was no game this weekend, unfortunately. If there was a roller coaster you had to compare to the excitement that Galatasaray gives you, which uh, <laughs> coaster is it from Six Flags? None, man. You can put them all together. The, the adrenaline rush <laughs> that you get from Galatasaray, the ups and downs. Galatasaray, every transfer window is a roller coaster. Every every season is a roller coaster. It's 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 ongoing. There's nothing like it. But um, yesterday was definitely something. Um, I'm I'm not a huge fan of heights, I'll be honest. But I'll go on the roller coasters because I guess I'm a nut job in some way. I, I love the adrenaline of like doing shit that I probably shouldn't be doing sometimes. Um, so I like to go once every couple of years at least. I went once and that's it, man. I, I don't do heights. <laughs> I don't do heights. <laughs> and that heights and spiders. Um, Alrighty then, and the next North American native from Canada, Coach John, aka Pokemon Trainer, catch him all. John, how you doing, bro? What's up? What's up, man? Happy to be back. I, you know, it's uh, funny when Yasin was saying this whole roller coaster thing. I, I was gonna mention, I, Emre. I have a feeling you don't like heights, bro. I don't know why. I just, I, I got that vibe, and you confirmed it, bro. So what gave it away? I don't know, bro. I just got that vibes, but <laughs> we we don't we don't have that over here. We have something called Canada's Wonderland, which is like it's there's some pretty serious rides there, bro. Like it's nothing to mess around with. But even me, I I don't I, I don't mind the heights, but I'm a little a little cautious, you know. <laughs> a little cautious. <laughs> yeah, bro. I'm a little cautious with it. You never know what's gonna go down on those things, but uh I haven't been in a while, man. I should go. We have a, there's a Halloween event, bro. I don't know if yours has that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, exactly. So it started yesterday, actually, for the first time. It was like a preview where mm. you know, they, they straight up had people in like costumes. There, there was a guy with a fucking chainsaw running around the theme yeah. park, like <laughs> yeah. scaring people. Bro, these kids were shitting themselves, man. Already? <laughs> yeah, already, bro. bro we just got September into 10th. September. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This goes on all like the next two months. So this was like a Halloween preview. They got special tickets for like... They're going to have uh, like haunted mansions throughout the park. They're going to have even more haunted mansion, Halloween related things in the next few weeks. So 
if, if oh, you can, even, this is actually the best time to go because you even get a mix of both. Yeah. Of a reason for me to go, Yasin. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is? Because it's funny when John said that. It's like, I don't, I don't know if this is why, but like, I don't know, Emma, you're like a, I would say you're a pretty tough guy. Like, you know, um, there's two I, I things, you, bro. I, two things. <laughs> Heights and goddamn spiders. I hate them. That's why I won't go to Australia. I love you, Miles, but I ain't going to no damn Australia. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like well, elephants saying? and how they're scared of like little fucking rats or some shit. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. I don't know. Yeah, that's I don't hilarious. Know hey, Mr. Tough that, Guy here. Scared of spiders. That's a bad thing, but. <laughs> You're not the only one, Emma. There's a lot of people that just don't like heights. I mean, John here is like saying that, you know, anything can go wrong. That's just his way of saying, fuck that. Like, I'm not going. I'm yeah, scared bro. That, that, <laughs> no, no, no. It's not the heights, bro. It's like I, I fucking overthink everything. I'm like, yo, do I really want to go on this two-minute ride? And like, it's just Risk stress. Unnecessary stress, bro. That's he what probably thinks like, what if the nut is like unscrewed in one of these yeah, rails? Allah, bro. Bro, that happens, man. Like, I swear to God. Like, we went on this wooden roller coaster. Like... I swear to God, like I feel like half the wood was like rot, like it's old, man. El Toro, bro, <laughs> fuck that Riding wood, bro. bro. You know what I found? I went on El Toro yesterday. I told my cousin I'm not gonna go on it because the last time I went on it, I thought I was gonna die. Not because it yeah. was like scary, but like it just it looked like a piece of like like a roller coaster that's just about to fall apart. Like think yeah, of yeah. Uh, what's what's that movie? Final Destination. Like if yeah, any oh, roller fuck. coaster at this theme park is gonna be in the movie, <laughs> it's this roller coaster. Yeah. Bro, we, we start going up. I have to tell you this real quick. We start going up. We're almost near the top where it starts to go down. The fucking cart stops. Like, it stops going up. And then, like, the guy on the announcer is like, hold on, small little thing. Like, it'll oh, be no, fine. Oh, no, no, no. See and that then, right there, bro? <laughs> no, no. The roller coaster goes back a little bit. Oh, like, fuck no, like dude. Two, no. Like, two inches backwards. We're, like, almost at the top, bro. At this point, bro, I'm frozen i'm like this is it <laughs> this is it and then i've this seen this guy's probably I, refreshing gossip twitter one last time bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> bro you know what's crazy about this roller coaster they don't even allow cell phones onto it. like certain rides okay. you can bring like cell phones and wallets in your pockets as long as zipped up and stuff certain roller coasters are so wild they don't even allow anything that might like fly out like even if it's zipped up they just don't allow it like yeah. nothing. you know there's why? the red flag right there that's bro. a red flag <laughs> you know why Fuck. though because el toro is probably the most dude there you don't even have seat belts it's just one bar put it you that you hold on to <laughs> for dear life while you're moving and swerving bro you could literally fly off that coaster if you're not holding on to that bar it's bro, ridiculous. It's not, just, it's not just that one. There's a lot that I went on yesterday where I swear to God, I thought I was flying out. And, like, my <laughs> ass would come off the seat a couple of times. Like, I'm floating in air, like, multiple times on some of these rides. It's insane. Like, just the thought of potentially that strap that's holding you on, malfunctioning, opening up, you're gone, bro. You're flying. Like, it's, it's game over at that point. And there's psychos that put their arms up. I ain't letting go of any of those bars, bro. <laughs> they're there for a reason. Dude, like... Emre, if if that bar opens up, do you think you're gonna hold on to that? Like for dear life, yeah. yeah. No, you, you're letting you're like you're losing that group immediately, like instantaneously, bro. Bro, you you guys last I think last thing on these fucking roller coasters, but you guys just unlocked a memory. So okay, I, I'm already cautious as it is, right in North America. So I, when I went to Turkey a few years ago, bro, I went to this 
this amusement park, but it's like one of those low key ones. It was in Ankara. I can't remember what it was called. Oh, boy. there was a fucking there was a ride. It's like I don't know if you guys know that like pirate ship that like swings back yeah, and yeah, forth yeah, yeah, and it, yeah, yeah, it goes up oh, really high, nah. right, bro? <laughs> I went on, I, I couldn't believe my eyes, bro. Like, even right now, I feel like puking just saying this story, bro. The, the fucking guy puts, like, that one bar in that, like, keeps you down. Like, no seatbelt. Like, just like you guys said, right? I asked them how long is the ride. He's like, the guy's like, Valla, belki beş, on, on beş dakika bilmiyorum. And starts the ride. I'm like, what the fuck do you mean, bro? You don't even know how long the ride's going for? I swear to God, bro, this ride was going for minimum 15 minutes. I felt like I was going to fucking puke. <laughs> <laughs> Usually insane. the rides are like three, four, five minutes, whatever, right? I know, I know. Yeah, bro. Turkey? No, forget it. That's a death wish, bro. So the it's funny you say that. The cousin that I went on the rides with, he's never been to a giant theme park like this. He's like, dude, I would never go on these roller coasters in Turkey because I just don't trust them. And they're yeah, like, 100%. Like, I, I tr like, we're in America. He's like, I trust it for the most part. There's no way that I would go on even like a tenth of this roller coaster in Turkey because... I just know that there's a high chance of like something going wrong. <laughs> oh, absolutely, bro. You look yeah, at dude. from everything from buildings to down to the like football stadiums and their pitch. I would never trust anything structure wise in Turkey, man. Yeah, I, re I recommend it. If you guys want an adrenaline rush, go to a theme park, but probably better to play it safe and just sit home or do something else. <laughs> yeah, Agreed. just go parachuting. All right. Since we uh, got into the topic of Turkey. Let's get back on track and talk about Galatasaray. So, we had some recent things happen. We have some last-minute transfers that met the deadline for the UEFA list. And we got our UEFA Champions League group draw and our schedule. So, before we get into that, let's talk about our new transfers. Well, if you guys know, you know. Endombele from... Tottenham Hotspur, he joins us on a one-year uh, deal. His salary is about 3.1 mil. And we have an option to buy Endombele for 15 million euros that we can pay in five installments, which ain't bad. And our second transfer is also from Tottenham Hotspur. We have Davinson Sanchez. We bought for 9.5 million euros on a 3.2 million yearly salary. And he's with us for four years plus one year extension. Um, yeah, so that's our two new transfers. Thank goodness, though, I got to say, because I don't know if many people are aware, the night before these transfers happened, there was a little bit of a, uh, I wouldn't say scandal, but a, a, a huge incident that went on. The guys, the team, Ardan and Okan Hoja, came together and wanted to transfer some guy named Vecino out of Italy, from Lazio. You know, the Lazio that stole Kamada from me. <laughs> uh, and then they also got another transfer that we were going for, Guendouzi. And they wanted to offload this Vicino guy who's supposedly like their third or fourth option for center midfield. Um, but after a really, really huge backlash on Twitter, we don't want Vicino hashtag opened up. And what was it like? Midnight for Turkey, and there was, what, 250,000 tweets that went out. It was yeah. kind of insane. Boys, are you content with this transfer that happened, going from Vecino to Endombele? Yeah. I'm, I'm sure John 
can say nothing different, right? Like you have Vecino, Vecino, however you say his name, a guy that's 32 years old, worth four and a half million transfer market for what it's worth. And instead you get Ndombele, 26 years old, for free on loan. You can buy him for 15 mil if you want. And he's a tank. He, he has Premier League experience. He has uh, Serie A experience in the Italian league. He yeah, he was at Napoli. He for the French league not that long ago. John, I mean, I feel like this is an easy question, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, what I never understood about this, even bef- you know, weeks and weeks before this v- Vicino, or we call him Vagino, whatever his name is, um, weeks and weeks before his name was ever mentioned, you had Ndombele's name being thrown around left, right, and center for so long. So it's like, if we were flirting with him for so long and, you know, entertaining the idea of that transfer, I don't understand why we're wasting our time, you know, with these these lower quality transfers for an older player who's a worse player, who's an expensive player. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, we've we've gone for these, you know, huge names and quality players in every other position but for some reason, in the one position we really, really need some quality, we're getting. I'll vagina. tell you why. I'll tell you why. Bruh. So, as Antima recently came out and interviewed, uh, he was going over this whole explanation of why we went for Vicino and why we had to go for Vicino. Uh, as I was saying, I said it previously, and time and time again, I think we gambled a little too much. We took too many risks. And it blew up in her face. And then we had to resort to Vicino. Because when what Adnan Timur essentially said was, look, we couldn't spend money because of the FFP rules. We needed to get um, our budget opened up. And we needed to wait after our money from UEFA entered our bank accounts. And he said, in the meantime, we were dealing with Amrabat. Yes, Sofian Amrabat from Fiorentina. Basically, what he said was they had an agreement. He was basically a Galatasaray player until last second, United came in and swooped him up. So, and unfortunately, with that out of the way, we had to resort to Vicino. See, I don't think people would have complained too much about Vicino as much as they did before if he had came way, way early, like two months ago, right? But since he came literally last day, almost last second, people got extremely upset. and. We had no other options at the moment. And I don't know, maybe because the reason we didn't go for Ndombele because he's a wild card. He can be very good, but he can be very bad. It's usually said that he doesn't really have that... Um, like he, He's not like average. He doesn't have those average games at most times, right? He'll either be bad or really good. And so with, also with his injury profile, he doesn't get injured often, but they probably thought that he wasn't the perfect candidate at the time. But then seeing all the backlash from Vicino, they had to go for him. Or or they just didn't get the right deal and happened to get the right deal at the last second with Tottenham. You don't, We don't know exactly what happened behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and see, that's what I find interesting, what you just said, because you have Ziyech, no problem. A guy who's we know is good, but hasn't been good, just like you said with Ndombele, who also came injured, no problem, we'll take the transfer. Zaha, the same exact thing, no problem. We'll take that transfer. Like he, we've done it several times in the transfer window, but when we really, really, really need a midfielder, it's like, nah, we're like, I don't know. It's just weird. It's just I don't know if we just don't have the pieces, like the complete the the complete picture here. It's just a very strange we thing. We didn't have but, money. That's what I'm saying. 
And then Tumor said we don't have, we didn't have the money to put down on a quality transfer. And that's why most of our transfers are free transfers. You have Zaha, like you said, Ndombele, Tete, Ziyech. They're all free transfers. That's why they're banking on these free transfers so much because they didn't have that that uh, budget for transferring. Well, I got to say, you got to make those budgets yourself. You got you see other teams, they make sales. We can't make sales. We've been just making loan deals. And again, another risky area for us because we, we're, we're betting a little too big. Yeah, I don't of, blame him. I agree. I, I don't. I don't blame him. But this is like some areas you need to take safe bets. Like there's safe bets and there's super risky bets. And like for me, midfield is the most important piece to the to to a team. If your midfield is not complete, it's, it's GGs for me. We've seen this, bro. Back when uh, we were 13th place, our midfield was atrocious, atrocious. Every team came and bulldozed their way to a victory against us. The only way we won, it was against teams that opened up and let us play. You had Kedem just doing most of the work there, but the midfield wasn't doing anything at the time. So, I don't know. They played a little too much, but hopefully we can make something out of what we got uh, going on so far. Um, but yeah, no, Yasin, do you think we took the like too much risk? Because I know you're, you were telling me, like, Emma, we need to wait and trust the process. Are you happy with the process? I think given our budget, our ability, I, I think what we did was pretty damn good. I think certain areas could have been better. We could have, to your point, bring in maybe a more guaranteed midfielder. I, I would have liked to see one or two younger players join us that we can, you know, uh, give some experience to and sell in a couple of years like we did uh, Nelson, um, like we, we are about to with Sacha Bowie. I would have liked to see a couple of players like that. We tried it last season, maybe it didn't work out, maybe because the, the team currently, the squad is very deep with a lot of very good players and we don't think that we're, they're going to have the opportunity to play. So I get that too. I mean, look at the loans that we just made. We sent out Yusuf Demir. We sent out some other younger players on loan as well because we just know they're, they're not going to get playing time. Um, the the Ndombele deal, I just... He's he's an expensive player too. I, I think we have to remember that as well. Um, he's gonna be good. I think he's gonna be really good here on loan this year. But if we want to keep him, you can say 15 mil is not that expensive for a player of his quality. But the wages he's on is insane. I think he's on like more than twice what he's getting paid right now at Gosite because we're paying a portion of his wages, which is like I think one three point one million. I think he gets paid closer to like six seven million plus. So if we want to like time down next year we're gonna have to pay a lot of money to keep him like on on our books so that makes things very complicated from a wage structure our wage structure is already completely fucked in my opinion but that would make it even worse <laughs> yes you'll be you know you'll be all floating uh Merton's wages potentially Muslera's wages if if you if he leaves completely or if we re-sign him is it going to be at a lower wage or is it going to be the same because he's still a, a very good goalie very very high quality i think he's still going to play for another couple of years the way he's going but um it's just very complicated um maybe the unit team started to think about all this and how much realistically we can afford going forward uh adam tumor talked about uh what's it called sponsors apparently we have close to like 50 million in sponsorship deals this year yes 20 of which is like allocated to like players and 
things like that, which is insane. Um, but I thought it was good, man. Um, I really do do think that our transfer policy this season was good. The players we brought in, high level, Davidson Sanchez, we bought him for nine and a half mil. Yes, you can really question that and say he had a year left on his contract. Why are we paying ten million for a, a guy who has a year left? If that kid's free next year, the chances of him coming to Galatasaray are little to none, in my opinion, because he has very good Premier League experience. And if you read the Spurs fans' comments about him when he left, it was nothing but good things said. You know, apparently one of the reasons why he didn't play as well there was because he just didn't fit the way that they, the team was playing. You know, he's he's used to pressing high, whereas Tottenham, they, they sit back a little bit more. So... All things considered, I, I think we brought in high-quality players. Our current our transfer market right now, our team is valued at $246 million. Again, not take a big that on for transfer market, Exactly, AKA exactly. Federer market. Yeah, I, I have my own critiques too, but goddamn, like that's insane. This, this is a record for Turkish football. The next most expensive club per transfer market is Fenerbahce at $209 million, but they have four extra players in their squad. Like right. we we really did some crazy things. People are talking about Galsai and the players that we brought in are really high quality, really really high quality. And I think it's really difficult for me to complain. There's areas that you can find that are issues with it, but I am so excited about what we can do this season once everybody's fit. Honestly, right. you know the thing is, if you were to bring someone from like a time machine till now from that 13th place season they wouldn't believe if you show them yeah. the squad that we have right now they'd be like yeah stop busting my balls this is this is not golf today this is a premier league team because it looks like a premier league team because who would have thought you'd be able to sign Mauro Icardi for 10 million bro at 30 years old that that for me sealed the season like I was already super happy with that and like the reason why a lot of people became unsatisfied is because of the expectations set by a lot of the people from Galatasaray and outside of Galatasaray. So, Adnan Timur also in his recent press conference kind of scolded the 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 news reporters that would be reporting like, oh, Galatasaray is dealing with Verati, oh, Galatasaray is dealing with XYZ, um, Galatasaray was about to sign a deal with XYZ but preferred to wait on the other guy, right? So they just kept anting up on these uh, these transfers and you were expecting like Amaro Cardi in every single position on the squad. And that's why you had all these like backlashes and such. Like I said, if Vecino came earlier on in the season, no one would have really cared that much. He's from um, Serie A, Lazio. It's not like a team to like take up for granted. Mm -hmm. But like you said, I, I think we did pretty well, man. With, with all things considered. And there's still room to add to this team. We're still trying to sign um, players like Apa, Aydin, and I forgot the other kid's name. You guys remind good, me. Good, good Fuse or something like that. Yes, some, yes. Some so some, Dortmund. Exactly. So these kids, we're trying to reinforce with more young prospects too. So there you go. If we can get that done. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, so you think this is enough for the league? With how Fenerbahce have reinforced their squad, I I think I, I I do think it's enough. I think it's interesting to see how things are gonna work with the foreign limit. Like, um, 
I don't know. I mean, I can think of two scenarios. I, I think for the league, I think Kerem and Abdul Kerem play, of course, like 95% of the matches. And then do we have uh, Kerem Demirbay or Kazimjan play? Or in some games, do we bench Kerem maybe? Do we have Kazimjan, Abdul Kerem, and then Kerem Demirbay and then use Tete and Zaha? Like... There's some interesting combinations. I think the, the only thing... See, I, I, I was going to say the only thing I can give Fener, which I, I can't even really give them. Like, they have Jengis, which is, in my opinion, is an extremely overrated player and transfer. Mm-hmm. They have Ferdi, which is good. That's a good quality starter. So I was going to give them that they have better Turks, which is kind of arguable, in my opinion. Like, I don't really know if that's true or not. But... That's the only thing. Like, there's just, we have so many big names now, and we're going to have to. I'm curious to see how Okan is going to sort of play around with that, depending on our opponents. And I, I, I would like to see Kazimjan involved a little more, though, because I think he can be useful. So, but to answer your question, I, th- I think we're going to win the league. I think it's more than enough to win. I, I can't see anyone really competing with us, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe with, you know, Champions League or European football, that might, you know, cause some issues i think we're going to be focused a little more on that but let's see what happens in terms of the squad on paper i think it this should be you know i don't want to say an easy year but the the quality's there i'll just say that we did lose a little bit of quality this year i don't know if you would consider it a loss of quality we did also lose uh frederick Micho. uh he went to pending mm-hmm. for three million euros as well forgot to mention that so our midfield is right now consisting of Endombele, um, Mertens, Sergio Oliveira, Lucas Torreira, and Kerem Demirbay. So you guys know I'm not a big fan of Sergio Oliveira. Mertens is already, what, 37, 38? And then you have Kerem Demirbay. Okay, Kerem Demirbay is not great defensively, but he is good attack-wise. But I feel like we needed, we did need someone a little bit more defensive because Ndombele is not as defensive. And I can see why the Hoja wanted a player like Amrabat and had to resort to a player like Vecino. You think we, I think the Hoja might have to play a whole different type of system this time around. A lot of people are asking for a three at the back system. I don't think that'll happen because Okan has never really played with three in the back. I think he tried it once and it just blew up in his face. And he's like, nah, I'm good. And I think 4-3-3 is going to be the main focus this season where he's going to have Endombele up at front and he's going to try to have Kerem and Torreira sit back and defend a little bit. Yasin, do you think we're going to be going for something like this? Because I'm sure the Hoja wanted a little bit of a different profile other than Endombele, but Endombele is what he got. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm actually more curious about what John has to say since he has a little bit more expertise and knowledge in the formations and systems and things like that. But I will say that I agree. I think, <laughs> you know, I, I really wanted to see a better um, improvement in our CDM role in terms of backup. We lost Michel, like you said. Uh, and Dombele, he's a tank, but is he really going to be a, a workhorse defensively? God forbid, you know, we have to play without Torreira a couple games or so. That's that's a very that's very questionable. Um Berkan, who a player isn't he's not even a CDM. He's he's an eight, has been forced to play 
that role last season and he did a decent job for the most part which i respect highly and we lost him too he went it to- was grimy what happened to him man like sometimes our fans can be amazing but sometimes they can be terrible when it comes to these things it's like all right the guy is not the best player in the world but you need him you needed him he was there when you needed him he doesn't get injured he doesn't complain when he's benched he doesn't complain when he's getting you know I don't know, like booed all the time, but like um, there is a moment or there's a a point where you say enough is enough and then you end up having to let him go to Genoa for a comedic value, right? All our transfers are basically loans with options to buy. It's not even forced buys. We need to chill, man. We're we're just, we're driving away players that we need. Who's next? Is it going to be Kerem Oktukola? Is it going to be Kerem Demirbay? Because we already drove away Bedekon and... uh, What's his, uh, Yunus, even though I'm not a big, big fan on Yunus, I still think he could have been important to this team. Yeah, I think our fans are spoiled. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. I get it. You know, we, we we are the top club in Turkey. We always expect the best. And, you know, your Yunus team just brought in Ziyech. They just brought in Zaha. They kept Icardi. Like, this is insane stuff that we're doing. And a lot of the transfer window, to your point earlier, were rumored with some insane names for the midfield. And that's great. That deserves an applause. If we're actually communicating with Amrabat and his agent and all these other big names, that is putting Galatasaray's name on the map, not just in social media and between us Turkish fans, but also agents, you know, Fabrizio, uh, all these club managers, uh, board owners, uh, football club owners, like what's his name at Tottenham? That that bald dude that is apparently a bitch to work with because he's such a tough ass. Like Levy, whatever his name is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're getting exposed to Galsite during this process. They're they're growing respect for Galsite during this process. That deserves an applause. But what fans are not thinking about a lot of the time um, there are fans who think about it obviously but i think a lot of fans fall to have this fault of not thinking about behind the scenes you know okan hoja has to manage this team he needs to make everybody happy if you build this team of everybody who's a starting 11 caliber we're gonna have a very hard time keeping everybody happy when most of our games are against trash clubs in the super league like it's tough. There's only so many European games to go around. There's only so many big games in the league to go around. Of course, once the end of the season comes, every game is a big game. But it's just tough to make everybody happy. Certain teams, certain players are very good in the locker room. They 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 create a good environment. They don't complain when they're on the bench. They they give it their all all the time. They love this club like Berkan Kulu, Yunus Akun, the two names you just mentioned. One of them is from our academy. The other one grew up a Galatasaray fan. They're Turkish players that provide good depth to this team when needed. So it's tricky. Um, I understand why they left. Maybe they also left because they won more minutes themselves. Even though they're Galsai fans, they 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 still want to play. I heard that Berkan Kulu, you know, he, he wanted to play more often. And I can't blame the kid either. He, he has quality. He can play in a lot of Syria A teams on his day. So I, I can see them wanting to leave as well. But not to get too far from the top. I do want to hear what John thinks about, you know, how we might play next season. Because just rewinding a bit season? back this season, a lot of people are already mentioning three at the back. I myself mentioned, I shared in the group chat, a 3-4-3 formation saying, I get 
I get why this won't work, but it is the most interesting looking lineup on a pitch that you can put over best footballers. I just want to know what John thinks about this too. I get it. It's tough, John. And I get it that we haven't done it in the past, but is it really out of question for us to try here and there? I, I don't know. Yeah. So I have, there's a lot of, I have a lot of thoughts about this. So first of all, in regards to the, to the, uh, the three back formation. So I do agree that when you list our team out in some of these formations, whether it's three, four, three, three, five, two, whatever it may be, I think it looks like amazing. Like if I, I think that if we could play it and get away with it, I would love that. I think it would be amazing to watch. I, I think it would be beautiful. The problem I have with it is that it's very difficult to bring your team together, you know, and say, okay, guys, this has been our play style for how long? This is what we've done in training. This is what we've done for the last season, this season as well. Now we're going to play this different style, this different system, and we have to learn this from the beginning. And not only learn it from the beginning, but it's difficult. It's difficult to play these, uh, these type of formations. Like one thing that's so difficult about it is the transition. When you're playing three back systems, if you're transitioning going forward and especially uh, transition transitioning defensively, if it's not spot on, you're just going to get ripped up. Like it's literally that simple. You're just going to get so ripped up. So I have no problem with it. If Okan Buruk wants to implement the system and he understands it's probably, we're, we're probably going to have some shaky results, but you know, in a year from now or however long it's going to take, you know, we'll be fluent in this play style, then fine. You know, all the power to you. Go ahead. I'll support you. Go ahead. You know, but I, I just think it's going to take too long and it's, it, it's just too much of an ask. I think, you know, I, it's just my opinion. Like I, I can't see us switching and then it's just like a light switch or maybe not a light switch, but maybe two or three weeks and bang, we're smashing teams. And like, I just, I can't see it. It's hard for right. me to imagine that. Like, you know? for example, John, it takes a long time to implement a three at the back system. Like people are saying, oh, look, early Mo destroyed you with Molda playing three at the back. Yes, they have a lot of experience playing that system. That guy has been there for I don't know how long, you know, molding that system into those kids' minds. That's why they play it so well. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah, not going to be the same. If yeah, Volkan absolutely. Does it. it's, it's very difficult. It's really, really difficult to... We're not talking about playing... Four two three one, and then okay, guys. You know what? We have a Champions League game. We're gonna play four three three, and this is why we're gonna do this, this, and this. it's it's so different. The way that your team has the ball and the way their their shape is in possession, defending. It's just it's so different. So it's really I, like at this point in the season, the season has started already. I think we're ten days away from our first Champions League game. It's really difficult to say this is what we're gonna be doing now. You know, your, Great. your expectations before are no longer your expectations. Like it's, that's not what it is now. These are your expectations. Now you need to do this when we're attacking, you need to do this when we're defending. It's just, it's a big thing. In my opinion, I think it's just going to take too long and it's time that we don't have, you know, we brought in all these players. We spent all this money on wages and all this. We need results now. You right. know, that's why these players were brought in. So also, Dude, Okan is already on a tight leash, a thin line. He's walking a thin line. Yes. Even though yes. he has accomplished an insane amount, he's walking a thin I understand why people might not be happy. I, I really do. Because the football, to you, it's not eye candy to most people. I get it. 
but the results are there. There are times when he's not going to have good games. I get that. I concede all of that. And we should be doing a lot better at this point of the league. But the guy's getting results. I can't complain about a coach that's winning. Like, I, I trust Okan enough to know that these are temporary. And in due time, he will set up something. Because oh, I've said this, what, a year before? What was it? When he first came, I said, guys, Okan always starts like shit. Always. Every team he's been to, slow start. But then as the season ramps up, I don't know. It's like I feel like every season he has like a little bit of a different plan that he wants to implement. Because, well, if you did well a season prior, everyone knows your tactics now. You got to kind of switch it up. Pep Guardiola does the same thing. Who would have thought he would have started playing three at the back with John Stones mm-hmm. being a, a, a makeshift midfielder? No one. But that's Pep Guardiola. So... I'm not saying Okun is Pep Guardiola. Don't don't like take me out of context here. But I'm saying a lot of coaches would want to, you know, implement a little slight variation to their tactics. Maybe that's why he has these slow yeah. starts. And and I have there another point that I just thought of as well because you're mentioning you know they might want to implement something um, that's similar or has some type of resemblance to what they were doing before or maintains you know certain ideas of their play style, right? And there's been a lot of people, and I think Yasin brought it up a minute ago as well. Um, there's been a lot of people talking about 4-3-3, right? 4-3-3. That's per- yeah. personally one of my favorite formations and systems to play. But the thing is, so one, the, the thing, one of the things I love the most about 4-3-3, like playing traditionally, is the two wingers that you have, they usually, when your team is in possession, they're usually really wide and high up the pitch. And your, your goal is to try to isolate them with the fullback, right? Get your fullback, uh, sorry, get your winger in a one-on-one with the fullback, right? That's yeah. what I love about 4-3-3. You try to force that on the other team. But is Okan Buruk do that? Because he loves playing these wingers so narrow and he loves playing them so centrally. That's what Kerem does. He, like when we have the ball, Kerem is almost never on the wing. It's always um, the fullback that's there, right? So... I don't know if he's going to do that or not because it's clear since he, he's been here, he's been like the opposite of Dominic Torrent who, who wanted his players very wide. Right. Okan Buruk is playing these wingers very narrow. So is he going to do that? I don't know. But that's, that's one thing that came to mind. And, you know, I, I'm hearing this 4-3-3 talk. I would love to see it. Who wouldn't love seeing Zaha in a one-on-one right. with these fullbacks? Like, it would, you know. You that, might uh, see that, that with Zaha. But Kerem is not that great on one-on-ones. Maybe that's why mm-hmm. he hasn't played like this makeshift midf- uh, midfielder. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. But that that that's what I that's what I that's my thoughts towards four three three. Like I think it could be really good. I really like this system. But is he gonna do it just purely based on that? I have no idea. I, I don't know. We'll have to see. You know, four three three system is basically like what is it like deviated from Dutch culture, like Dutch football. That's where it's mostly utilized, four three three system. I don't know, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. Um I don't know if, if that's what the origins are, but I, I think they have a strong history, a strong um, you know, I guess For a four, three, culture three. play yeah, you know, it's sort of a culture thing playing that in, in, in Netherlands maybe, but um it, it's gonna be interesting if there's changes here, you know, like we pretty much have a we more or less have a new team. We we have so many new players, so 
Um, I, I, I really don't know, man. Is he going to keep the same system and just try to improve on it? Or, you know, I, I'm hoping he doesn't do something drastically different. Like we mentioned with the three back, I'm I, I really hate scared. the three at the back system. I, I used to love it way back in the day when Chelsea had Conte. I was like, yo, we need mm. to try this. But then you had Tudor come in and then you just see the people that tried three at the back system just diminish constantly. Yeah, and, and you want a coach where that's his system. Right. I don't want Okan. That's not your system. I like. I don't. I. I. If we're gonna do that, I want a coach where that's his system. He knows it inside and out. He's gonna stick to that no matter what. That's his bread and butter. Yeah, like that. That's what he's gonna do. Name me know? five coaches that utilize through the back system off the top of your head. Yeah, there's not many. I think when you were supporting, uh, who was it again? Brighton. Graham Potter. Yeah. Yeah, him. Him. He, he like. He he was he I he, I thought he was he was fantastic. Like he they, was. It was incredible. So but, if if you know if you're gonna bring a guy like that that knows the system inside and out, and you know that's what he's gonna do, you know you hire this guy as your manager, you know right. that's what he's gonna do. And right? let me just tell you that when he went to Brighton, he had an immense amount of time to implement that system. But then when he went to Chelsea, he didn't play a three at the back system because you're not gonna implement that overnight, right. and he just couldn't get results and he got kicked. I think yeah. he was prematurely kicked, but people will disagree i think he's a great coach i can't wait to see what he does next but like you said like it takes time bro you, you want a coach that does that like he knows that system in and out yeah that's that's what i mean exactly yeah sorry Asin, i'm not to burst your bubble bro no no i, I get it i i agree with almost everything you guys are saying basically it's just it gets you excited man like you, you oh, think what if is, you, you see it on paper and it's like God damn. One thing that I really did agree with you guys is, you know, I don't know if I necessarily agreed, but just made me think the players on hand have a, a big deal to do with whether a system can work or not either. I get it. The coach has to understand the system in and out completely. But at the same time, if the players on hand can complement a certain system and make it the transition quicker and easier than otherwise then why not try it like i get it kerem he doesn't really work on that wing too well like rashitsa hogs the wing he stays wide kerem doesn't and he can't beat players either as as easily whereas zahat can um i think tete can as well he has a brazilian flair he can beat players we've already seen it in the very few minutes we've seen you know, and guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think before Tete came, there there were stats and uh, analysis where they were saying he's a very similar player to Rashica, where he can get back, he stays wide, he is what we call Rashica a true winger. If that if that's actually true, then you can run, you can have Zaha and Tete on your wings, and you can play Ziyech in the middle, which is where you can distribute the ball. Sometimes if you need to, you can play ZH on the wing. I, I can't speak too much on this because I didn't really watch him much at Chelsea. I didn't know how well he played on the wing, if he really stayed wide he, or not. Because uh, he's a lefty playing on the right wing, so he can only play, you know, so far on the right side, you know, before he starts going inside as an inverted winger. So I'm not sure how possible that is. But, um, again, things get complicated because then you have Angelino uh can we utilize him as on that left side a little bit sometimes where we can play Abdul Kerim you know at one you know because we're gonna have three at the back it's gonna give Angelino more space and ability to go up then you can utilize him better for his strength so there's one 
benefit to that. Sasha Bowie is not the best attacker, but then you'll have a really solid right side. Davidson Sanchez is pacey. I heard uh, the, the the feedback that I got from Spurs fans is he's really good at that right side of a three at the back. He can even play right back sometimes because he has a pace to go up and down. Um, and if you have Nelson in the middle, that sounds like a very solid defense. The midfield gets a bit tricky, but it's a Turkish league. I I don't think it's you you need the most disciplined and well oiled machine to run a certain system in my opinion in in champions league in europe that's a different story then you'll really get exposed if you're not really on your game with a certain system but i think right, that's Turkish what we're league, saying though yeah I, I i agree with that like you can't constantly switch systems then you're gonna have like moments laps of like focus and stuff and then you're just gonna end up getting exposed like john said and let's not let's also not forget Okan needs to win these players too. He doesn't have a perfectly gelled team to, you know, immediately switch into another system. These guys, bro, we're going to run out of Floria water with the amount of t- uh, players that need Floria water at this point. <laughs> right? Cuz you look, Tete, you have uh Zaha, Ziyech, Ndombele, Davinson to a degree, right? You these you need to win these guys over first. Last year, it was just Icardi and uh, Torreira. And you he was able to do that, which I don't think he gets enough props for, for winning these players over. I think Ocon has a really good um, player, coach, you know, connection. But again, he has his work cut out for him. Um, yep. If we have nothing else to add to that, I want to talk about our Champions League draw. I want to get your guys' opinions on it. Yeah, you guys have nothing else to add. Take us no? away. All right. So, after our Molde uh, victory, our Champions League draw came out to this. So, we were in Group A along with Pot 1 winner, or I should say the guy that came out of Pot 1, Bayern Munich. <laughs> I mean, whew, I was, I'm like, damn. Hope like I had a feeling we are going to get into that pot. But anyway, I Summit was actually the one that, <laughs> predicted that pot but yeah from pot two by uh man united came through pot three it was copenhagen and then of course pot four we came in and that's our group so our first game in the champions league is going to be against copenhagen on this 20th of september what do you guys think about this group considering the other groups yeah i go ahead bro I- i'm gonna have a lot to say i think go ahead oh boy yeah it's um not easy for sure um but i think the team that pulled from pot three was a solid one like copenhagen is obviously no joke but it's a team that we can beat if we are focused and on our on our game that's a very good start to any champions league group if you have a good argument to finish third that is immediately a great start for any turkish team uh given our budgets given everything if we can finish third minimum, awesome. Now, when it comes to the conversation of second place, it's a little bit tougher in this group. You have Bayern Munich, obviously, who's probably most likely guaranteed first place. And then Manchester United. Manchester United is maybe not having the best season, maybe not the same Manchester United from the Ferguson era, but they are still a massive club with very good players. But I think once our team gets established, once we figure out who's playing where, everybody's 
close to or near perfect form. Everything is gelled. Okan Buruk knows who's going to play where. I see no reason why we can't beat a team like Manchester United at home. Minimum. Minimum. He that beat Manchester United with Bashak Shir, just to let you There you go, guys man. Know. Like, look at the Bashak Shir team he coached then, and look at the Golside team, coach, team he's coaching now. There's an immense difference between the quality. Manchester United struggles away at hostile environments, a.k.a. A, a, a one like ours. If we can get a tie away, which I think is very possible, depending on how we play that day, Copenhagen, I, I don't think, may, may, may get a point at home versus Manchester United. Bayern Munich will probably beat them both times. Then you're talking about potentially second place. That's huge. If you talk about, yeah. if you look at these other groups, man, like some of them are terrible. Where I, I think we'd struggle to finish third place. Some of them. Um, so another thing that I like about it before I pass the baton on to John is we're playing the biggest team in Germany that a lot of fans all over the world, journalists, scouts love to watch, and we're playing against Manchester United. Even though they're not maybe the best team in England or the second or the third best, they are the biggest team in England. And every English fan, uh, et cetera, is going to be watching United. If our players put in good performances versus Bayern Munich and Manchester United, their values will skyrocket like immensely. Sasha Bowie, Nelson, the two guys that a lot of people were convinced that we we're going to sell this window and stayed can go for three, four, five million more than they would have gone this window if they play a couple good games against these teams. That that to me is really good too. We're trying to get our name out there. What better way to do that than beat teams like Manchester United and you know put in a good performance versus Bayern Munich? You know, if we got Group B, for example, and we had to play Sevilla and Arsenal, you don't have that same argument. That makes sense. So, are you expected to get out of that group? You are potentially. And uh, nothing's guaranteed in the Champions League, but you definitely had a better chance for sure. Also, dude, pot two, we got United, but you could have gotten Real Madrid. I was convinced we we're going to be with Real Madrid again. I was yeah, 100% convinced. I, bro, I was seeing that in my head as well. I could, I know, that's crazy you mentioned that. Galsad and Real Madrid, it. name a better duo. Yeah, bro. Galsad yeah. also, this is the 17th time Galsad has um, attended the Champions League. That is more than most teams that are in the Champions League right now. And that's more than all Turkish teams combined. Well, all Turkish teams being the top four. So that's impressive. That's Galatasaray. This is where we belong. And hopefully this is where we stay. John, what are you thinking about the, this draw so far? So, I'm th I mean, I largely agree with Yasin. Like, of course, I mean, you know, you have Bayern Munich. That's very difficult. That's that is very, very difficult. You know, they're a giant... They have a great team, you know. They, I, they don't have any. Um, they, they don't have very many standout weaknesses. I'll say, you know, they didn't and, start the season strong though. I'll say that they lost three yeah. nil to Leipzig. Was yeah. it Leipzig in the Super Cup? Right, so right. yeah, I, I mean, it, it's no matter how you look at that, that's going to be different. Uh, sorry, difficult when we're at home, when we're away. There are some people, and I'm not just saying this because of my best friend Kim Min Jae, but. There's a lot of people that question them defensively. Um, I st I still think they're gonna they're okay defensively. You know, I just because of that loss, they opened the season in Super Cup. I, you know, they've looked pretty pretty good as, uh, aside from that. So that's gonna be very difficult if we can manage to get a result in either tie, the home or away tie, it would be massive. Of course, I don't know if anyone expects us 
to win against them. But of course, I think our best chance will be at home and we'll see what, what can happen. But I'm not very optimistic about it, but we'll see how it goes. I think most people are just hoping we don't break uh, Basic Touch's record for conceding the most goals. I think that's like, what we can exp- we can wish for at best. Like that, I can't see. I, I really can't see that. I mean, I don't know. They have Kingsley Coleman, Harry Kane. I think Thomas Muller still plays. Kimmich, Goretzka, Sané. Like, I just, I don't think they have, they're good. They're a good team. I don't think they can put seven or eight past us, but. Do you think the Harry Kane curse will carry over to you, uh, Bayern? To be honest with you, I asked, I, I think it was in on the last podcast episode where I asked you, I think, Emre. I said, is Harry Kane better than Icardi? I think I asked you that, right? Or am I just imagining you, things? No, I think you asked me if I would rather have Icardi or Holland. I think that's what you guys asked me. Uh, I, yeah. No, I, I swear. I, th- I thought it was Harry Kane. Anyways. Or Harry Kane. It could I be. Think, I think Summit asked that question. And then oh, did he? Was like, and then Emra was like, oh, tough question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, well, like... For Holland, I would... No, no. For If it was Harry Kane and Icardi, I'm taking Icardi, man. See, yeah, this is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Holland, I, would, I don't think I would ask that question, but oh, yeah, yeah, Harry, Harry Kane, bro, like, we have Mauro Icardi, like... I, Harry Kane is good. Don't get me wrong. He's nah, a good he's, player. He's, but he's one of the goats. Yeah, he just happened I mean, to play at Tottenham. Yeah. I mean, we have, we have Icardi as well. So a- anyways, they're a good team. It's going to be hard to beat them. But when, when we get down to Manchester United, I think like the initial reaction when this group was drawn, it's like most people just assumed we were going to be third or fourth. Some people were saying last as well. But it's like when you think about it, so first of all, before I think to Manchester United, Copenhagen, we have to win. Like, it's as simple as that. The most important match of the group probably is the first one. We're at home to Copenhagen. We have to win. We need three points. There, there's like, something with playing Nordic countries, whether it's Galatasaray or the national team. We just suck against know, these teams, I man. There, I, don't I don't know, know what it is. I don't know if it's the size and like physicality that they play with. I don't know what it is, but... I don't give a shit what it is. We have to win that match. Like, simple as that, we have to win that game. If you can get three points in that game, we can start talking with the rest of the group, right? Now, Manchester United, like I said, the group was drawn and most people just wrote us off for some reason. But let me ask you guys, right now, not historically, right now, are Manchester United a giant in football? A- answer me that. Like, not in name a- only. In name. Yeah, that's what I mean. Not not taking into account like just, you know, the, the reputation and the legacy they've built as being Manchester United. But right now, are Manchester United a giant in football? I don't see how. I don't see how they can be a, a giant. Most of the time, they're going out there with Rashford, Martial up front. Like, their back line is horrendous. I'm not even going to get into that. Horrendous. I just, I don't see them. They're so beatable. They're so, so beatable. Of course, we're Galatasaray, so you know we're going to make it, you know, difficult for absolutely no reason. But I really don't see why it's so hard to believe that we can get a result against them, either home or away, like especially home. You know, I, I'm just not seeing that. They're just not the Manchester United that we played against before. You know, They're not. I, I agree with you. They're not the same Manchester United. They're run terribly right now. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't change the fact that they're still a, a Premier League team. Premier League is just 10 times more intense and fast-paced compared to Turkey, man. And so, like, again, you have these players that are not ready, not gelled. And the second, our second game in the Champions League is against United away. 
Yeah. So it's going to be very tough. Yes. And that's what's going against us right now. The fact that our team is not, you know, we haven't built that chemistry and a lot of players aren't ready. That's pretty much the only thing, in my opinion, that's going against us because we're not playing Manchester United anymore with, you know, Bobble, Chikaldao, like these bullshit players, you know, that's not the case. We're going to Old Trafford with Icardi, Zaha, Ziyech, Torreira, and Dombele. Like, we have huge players. Right. If if anything, we're the giants here. Like, I don't give a shit about Manchester United. I don't give a shit about their players. They're just not, they're not that big anymore. You know, that, that's just the, that's the facts. That's the reality of the situation. So the only thing holding us back is our, you know, if we're prepared or if our, the team is ready, you know? So I, I don't see why we can't get the results here to finish second. And Copenhagen, like I said, we have to win that first game. I, we have to win, man. Like not draw, of course not lose. We have to win that game. If we can get six points against them, and then focus on getting our results against Manchester United, which are so possible, despite what everyone else is saying. I don't see why we can't finish second here. You know, this draw could have been a lot worse. That's all I'm saying, you know? Right. Uh, so I agree. And for the most part, I think United is winnable. That's assuming Ten Hag doesn't get sacked after the game with United, um, Bayern. Hopefully Bayern doesn't destroy them too much. Dude, United is breaking down. Uh, the latest thing to come out is that Anthony is being charged for abuse, yeah, right. right? So they're losing players left yeah, and right. Amrabat that's shambolic. Came. Yeah, he's injured too. He's exactly. injured. Yeah. They have we Mason have Mount who's injured. Luke Shaw's injured. They're yeah, I think... Their best defender, basically, yeah, if you Varane, ask me. Rafael Varane, is, uh, he's done as well, I think. he's. I think he's injured until mid-September. He might be back for our game, I think, but... That's a maybe. Yeah. He won't be in form, I would say, because he's been yeah, out for yeah. a minute. Exactly. Right. So it's really like like you said, we do have to win that first game, no matter what. You can't tie it either because then you give them the the, the opportunity at the away fixture for them to take that third place. Yeah, because if you lose if you lose points in this first game, you we've already shot ourselves in the foot. Now the rest of the Champions League campaign is very difficult. You know, the, that's so Galsarai though. Of that's course, so that's what I said, bro. We of course we always have to make it more difficult. Of course. Like, you have to win this game. You have to. If you don't win this game, you have to make these points up. And who are you going to make them up against? Bayern Munich? That's going to be very difficult, right? So, you have to win this game. And that's on September 20th. Circled on my calendar, dude. Like, I'm going to lose my mind during that match, I'm sure. But it's a must-win match. Plain and simple. That's it. Three points, nothing else. Right, right. Yes, and you're going to this game, right? The Copenhagen game? I really hope so, man. I'll definitely be there. It's on the schedule. It's just a matter if I can find a ticket. Um, I guess worst case scenario, I can always find one at an expensive cost. But I do plan to be there. I will be taking pictures and hopefully bring some good luck to the team because we're going to need it. We have to win that game. So, yeah, but do you have expectations? Expectations, man. I think we'll win it. Uh, Copenhagen, I actually, yeah, Copenhagen, six points is a must. I agree with everything John said. And he actually really made me think about that whole United roster, the size. I think he has a really good point saying that we're maybe overthinking the size and the the strength of that club. You know, if you compare our players on paper who, you know, they have available now, not including the ones that are injured, we have a good matchup. Like our, our like Zaha and Ziyech are Premier League players. Zaha is yeah. cause 
havoc against the Manchester United plenty of times in the past. Exactly. Yeah, and bro, that, yeah. Yasin, Yasin, bro. Ex- see what you're saying right now? That's every everyone's thing is... Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. hold on a second here. They're from the Premier League, right? Zaha, Premier League player. Ziyech, Premier League player. Torreira, Premier League player. And Dombele, Premier League player. Like, bro, we're basically a Premier League team ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly what you're saying here, bro. It's funny you say this because I went on social media and I see a lot of videos and memes where people are more... Well, Manchester United in particular are more afraid of us than we are of them at this <laughs> Bro, did moment. You, did you see that like two or three minute video? Just a co- compilation of people reacting to them drawing yes. us in the group. They're like, oh no, please not us. Please yeah. not us. <laughs> yeah, bro. As soon as our name is drawn, they're like, like, oh, fuck me. We have to go to Turkey now. Like, you know. Because they don't have a lot of good memories coming to Turkey. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, bro. We're kind of their kryptonite. Um, but yeah, the first game, Copenhagen. Um, here's my expectations. I've watched and I did a little bit of analysis. You know, analysis, something of analysis myself. Analyst, um, dude, Copenhagen, we shouldn't take them lightly, but we shouldn't be too afraid of them. Hopefully, this word, these words don't come back to bite me in the ass. But if we do beat them, I think it will be because of our set pieces, whether it be free kicks or our corners, because they're very, very susceptible to conceding free kicks. Because I watched the like, extended highlights of their last um, Champions League game. And my goodness, they were very close to actually getting kicked out or like not making it through. So they, they did come through on a thin line, just like we did against Mold. Mm. Molde. So I hope we can at least get three points here because then you put your team onto this mindset like, guys, we can do this. It's better to start off with a win than a loss. A lot of people I, I saw in the media are saying like, oh, we should get you, um, Bayern first. And then, so we can get that out of the way, lose and just get that out of the way. No, bro. Let's I, I hit the ground running, bro. Exactly. I, I'd prefer to start off strong than start off with a loss because that just puts you in a sour mood because then everyone starts climbing above you point-wise and then you're just stuck down there. I'd rather start off strong. Then we can talk about United because, okay, I wish United was a little bit later because I feel like they we do have a chance to get them. But I do want to see Zaha there. And that, hopefully he's ready by then. I don't understand how Zaha is taking this long to get ready, bro. I think we're playing it safe. Um, some people are saying his he played through injury last season uh, for Crystal Palace. Because yeah. they, I think they were near relegation and they forced him to play. He wanted to play when maybe he shouldn't have just to help the team. Uh, which I respect, but... You know, this is a result. You, you now you're you're gonna get injured, and it's gonna take you longer to get back. I'd rather play without him, an additional one or two games, if we have yeah. to, if it means him coming back healthy. Because a healthy Zaha is a game changer in this league, and in, in in any game, uh, you saw we saw glimpses of him, and it looked very very nice. It was exciting. He he just knows where to play the ball. He knows. As soon as he gets it, how to dribble in and around players. His touch is immaculate. It's just fun to watch. And players like him win you games. Like him, Icardi, Ziyech, and the midfield, Torreira and Dombele. Like these players individually can win you games. And if they're playing all at the same time, even without the chemistry, it'll be fun. Can you imagine once they do build chemistry, it's... It's game over, man. Like, I, 
<laughs> just thinking about it, I get so excited. Like, Emra, we 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 got ourselves a squad, man. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. Yeah, we do. Yeah, that we have to see if it meshes together. There's also that that chance that we don't make it to the last 16 and we make it into the Europa League with third place. Would you guys be upset? No. I I mean, I would be upset, of course, because we're not continuing the Champions League, but I, w- I would be upset if we finished fourth. Third is still fine. We, I, it would be exciting in a way. You get upset for a moment, and then you're like, wait a second, okay. Now we can go to, you know, the quarterfinals, the semifinals, the finals of the Europa League. Why not freaking Sevilla won, won the Europa League last year? Why can't we win it again, right? It's Then you start to think about these other scenarios, and... All of a sudden, it's more realistic to go to the finals and win the Europa League than it is to get to the semifinals or quarterfinals of the Champions League. Those are big exactly. goals, and we should aim for it, of course. But it's no no means uh, an upsetting thing to continue in Europa League, where in the Turkish league, the, the, our our competitors are all in the Conference League that it was just formed a couple of years ago for. These Zavala teams like Fenerbahce and Besiktas to compete in. So, <laughs> um, no, it, it's a fun, fun direction, however you look at as long as we don't finish fourth place. Right. No, because I'm only asking this because people have quite a lot of expectations with this team. And I get it. But like I said, there is that possibility. And um, I personally wouldn't be upset. I really want us to make it to the last 16. It's just... Something different about the Champions League, man. We already have the Europa League in our in our uh, we have the cup in our museum. We have the Super Cup. There's only one cup we're missing, and it's like just daydreaming about it is just so enthralling to me. Sometimes I like go to sleep and I think about Galatasaray winning the Champions League. Oh, the scenarios that I make up in my head, brother. If we, I'm telling you guys this right now. If we ever went to the Champions League final. Dude, I would sell my car. I would sell my house <laughs> by any means necessary. I, the only thing that would stop me from being inside the stadium is if I died, bro. That's the only way. The only way, bro. That's how... And I'm sure I'm not the only Gosfrey fan that would say this, bro. That's how much it means. So, bro, yeah. there's people that have sold their houses to bet on uh, the Euro... Uh, what was it? The UEFA final yeah, against yeah. Gosfrey uh, yeah. with Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, man. So, yeah, yeah. It's going to be fun. Our schedule isn't the greatest. We do play Bayern back-to-back, man. That's the that's where I'm most concerned about, that little portion. Because that's a little too late into the, 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 the run. And I hope Bayern doesn't pick up extreme form by then. That's tough. You know, with, the, with those matches, like, you, you have to ask yourself, like, especially when we're going to Germany, should we... It's a, it's a decision to make. Should we play them? Like, should we actually play them? Or should we go there for a draw, like how we did when we went away to Barcelona? You know? If you try to it, play Bayern, you're going to get smacked, man. <laughs> I feel like that's what I, happens. I, I mean, that's the thing. That's, this is the decision to make, you know? Are we, because, uh, you know, that's what we did in Barcelona. We went to, we clearly, clearly went to Barcelona for a draw, made it up with the draw. Then we came to Turkey and we tried to play them. We were almost successful. So you have to decide, is that what you want to do? I mean, you're playing them back to back. That's really hard. That's really tough. So I think uh, the first one is at home. It is, yes. October the first 24th. 
Yeah, the first one's at home. So how do you want to navigate that? Do you want to try to play them? You know, worst case scenario, if you lose, you got to go in the next game and you got to try to get a draw. You know, so we got to try to sit back and try to counter them and play that type of game, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 I don't know, it's difficult to navigate, you know, or do you just want to say F you guys were playing you guys both times? It's, it's, I don't know, it's difficult. What, what would you guys do? What would you say? I would try to play them at home while you have the home advantage with the home squad. Uh, the fans going off every time in their ear. It's like akin to how we played against, was it Real Madrid last time we were in the Champions League? With yeah. that Enzonzi Lemina squad, if Andone could have just finished his goddamn chances. Oh man. Fuck's and sake. we were pressing like maniacs. Yeah. So yeah. we might have some opportunities to play our game, but it won't be in long stretches. I think we'll play it intermittently. Mm-hmm. But the away game, we're definitely not going to play our game, bro. We're going to be sitting back. Parking that bus straight across yeah. like a six, <laughs> six in the back type system. I don't know what Okan's going to do. Like that away game, I would use all three of our center backs. I'd probably play a five back in that game. I would, I would go like me as a coach. I would go there for a draw. I would go to Germany for a draw. Like, like a five, four, one. Some, something, some type of system where, you know, you're going to try to build this stubborn block and see if they can get through it. You know, it's, it's like, yeah. I, I know a lot of like Turkish people are just so prideful, bro. Like there's so many people that want to say, no, no, we're Galatasaray. We'll go to the moon and play you if we have, it doesn't matter who you yeah, are. Yeah, where no, it's you so know excessive, bro. It, 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 this is not the reality. It's not the reality, bro. Like even me, I, I wish I want to say that, but it's not the reality. So I, I, I would play them at home. Like I would play a cautious game at home. And when we go away, I'm going away to get my one point and I'm coming back home, bro. Because if you can take one point from them away, massive, bro. Massive result. You know, assuming you can collect your points from Copenhagen, et cetera, et cetera, right? Uh, I don't know. Yo, that's that's I how I would do it. If we get a point from them at home, yo, Tuchel might get sacked before <laughs> we even go back to that away game, bro. Just yeah. saying. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's possible. United might be scared, but Meyer are like, nah, we got this. They're like a tank running over every car they see. Yeah. And yeah. these guys have no chill, man. They're not like City. They're not like Pep Guardiola where, you know, they'll score four and then he'll start subbing out five people <laughs> and take the game. No, these guys will score. I don't know which team it was, but they score like 20-something goals on them. I'm like, goddamn, all right, bro, we get but it. But in the preseason, right? It was like preseason. 27 nothing or something, bro. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. They beat yeah. Barcelona 8-2, bro. Barca, no chill. I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be real interesting. So, And it's going to be fun as well, bro. Like, let's, yeah, man. It, it's hard. It, it, sometimes it, you forget to like enjoy these moments of our club playing at the top level, bro. Like at the peak of, of football, you know? Sometimes we forget and get so stressed out. And it's going to be fun as well. You know, let's enjoy ourselves here. So see what yeah. happens, bro. Any closing thoughts, Yasin? No. Um, honestly, overall, I actually like the way that our fixtures are for the Champions League. You know, it start off at home, hopefully on a good foot, get your three points, united away. It is what it is. You know, at least the second time around, you're playing that um, them at home when it actually is probably going to be more important of a game, second to last group stage game. And then Copenhagen away, which even though it's an away game, it's still very achievable three points. So the fact that we're playing the two 
teams that we expect to get points from back to back both times like yeah copenhagen then united united then copenhagen i actually like that a lot we're playing Bayern twice in the middle if we lose both games, it's not the end of the world. Then we can be like, okay, we got this out of our system. We don't have to play them again. Let's focus on United. Let's focus on Copenhagen and yeah. get out of this group. I actually really like that approach. Like it worked out this way. And I, I think it's good for us, honestly, meant from a mental perspective. Yeah. The only game I'm actually really concerned about is the last game against uh, Copenhagen, which is in like December. That's like basically summer for them. Yeah, I uh, wish that was at home, bro. I wish that last... Because so many times it always comes down to that last group stage match. I wish we are playing that at home. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's a little tricky. I, I do too. But it's December by then. You know, barring any mm, new yeah. injuries, a lot of our players should be in form and much better conditioning. And if that's the case, there's it shouldn't matter away or home for Copenhagen, like when we play them. Do you know what I mean? Like if yeah. we if we started against Copenhagen next week away with all these players injured, that's tough. Like we can seriously lose points there. Like at this time, even because the beginning of the season, we just talked about it. Also, it's not the best early in the season. I'd rather play yeah. away when we're actually good against a beatable team. Do you know what I mean? Like I get it's important, yeah, but. Definitely True. better than the other way around. True. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, man. This you guys is... want to give predictions before we go or for uh, Samsung? I don't do predictions. <laughs> oh, we forgot. Completely forgot about Samsung, bro. Goddamn. Yeah. yeah you, Samsung you guys go matches. Ahead. So yeah, that's, on, that's next Saturday on the 16th. We're playing at home. Um, do you want to give predictions, Yasin? I can go first if you want. Go for it. <clears throat> So I think, so the, I, okay, I think we're going to win. There's one thing that worries me though. Um, I can't remember what the term is called now, but there's a term in gambling where, so if you have a team, let's say that has lost the last five or six games, right? That okay. team is due for a win, bro. Like, you know, eventually they're going to win or get some type of result, right? So it's like, trying like if if a team like let's say samsung lost 10 games in a row and they're playing against galsarai like the rule will be to be you know be careful on with that match don't bet for samsung to lose because they might win and chances are the one time you bet they're gonna win right so i'm getting very slight vibes with this because they haven't won yet they tied the first game lost against fener and kai city but Despite those slight vibes, I still think I think we're gonna beat them two two nil. Well, two nil. Before Yasin gives his prediction, Gazantip lost every single game as well, leading up to our game, and we mm -hmm. still beat them. Right. So yeah. I'm just saying, bro. I, I when I see these things, yeah, yeah, as, I an, get as, you. as an ex gambler, bro, I, you know, that's how my <laughs> brain works. Yeah, I'm not concerned, man. Like, if I'm gonna be completely honest, we're playing at home. I think. Uh, Zaha is rumored to make an appearance again this game, yeah. even for a little bit. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but we don't have any injuries um, apart from what we've already had before, like nothing new. Uh, Kedem got a knock in the Militakum game, but he, he played the rest of the game, so I think he's fine. Um, Abdul Kedem was on Militakum break. He didn't play, so and he's out, out of the squad now, so he's not injured. Um We'll be fine, man. Like, it's Samsung sport. They're, they're coming from the first league. And, you know, if they were to have made an impact, 
as new Super League joiners. I would have expected it by now. And they haven't really done that. And it, we're playing in Istanbul in front of a full team, full fan base. You know, stadium's going to be full. Yeah. We'll, we'll win it. Everybody's like just dying to play again. We had the mini tuck and break. A lot of the guys didn't go on their international breaks like Torreira, Musleta. Like they're just looking forward to this game. Uh, same thing with the Cardi. So I say at least 3 nothing win. We might score. Beautiful. Ain't nothing win. Beautiful. All right. Well, with that said, time to wrap up. We brought a lot of news to you today. A lot of talk. The upcoming months can be Okan Buruk's magnum opus. A chance to create a lot of buzz in Europe in his name. Hopefully, we can make some great appearances and we can come bring you guys a really hype, you know, session of uh, episodes. And with that said, it's been episode 65 of The Lions Den. Hit us up on Twitter at The Lions Den GS with questions. If you want an invite to our Discord, we can also send that to you as well. And thank you for being here and listening to us. Take care and peace out.